All right. I'm so happy everybody's here. I'm so happy that I get to teach tonight. I'm kind of nervous. I get nervous every time I teach. Because um, <laughs> fear of man is still a thing I walk out of. But I'm excited that you guys are here, so we're going to pray real quick and then get started, get right into it. Daddy, I just thank you so much for tonight. I just thank you so much for the declarations that we've already spoken over ourselves and over this evening of victory, of winning battles, of being empowered through you to have victory for our day. And I just yield myself to you in obedience. And I just say, whatever you want to say today, use me. Whatever you want me to touch on, remind me. And when it's time to move on, help me move on. I want to be led by you as I'm talking so that I can show people how we can be led by you in every day. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for your heart for us. And thank you so much to empower us to be free and to live life more abundantly. You are such a good father, and we are so, so grateful to you. Amen. 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 All right. Almonds. So when I was, um, so the title of this teaching is called Walking in Obedience. And when I was talking to God about what to talk about, because we could literally be here for four days talking about how we can walk in obedience, he gave me kind of four things he wanted me to focus on. So I just want to kind of lay those out for you to have an understanding of where we're going and where we're headed. Um, So number one is he wants me to encourage and equip you guys to enjoy everyday life through active obedience. Number two, to understand that this is a journey, but it's so worth it. Number three, to impart practical strategies to help you overcome in peace. And number four, to get you excited to start choosing obedience today. So that's kind of where we're going. So first of all, what is obedience? So as I always do, I looked up the Greek definition of obedience. And it's the Greek word 55218. I do not think I said that right. I'm learning Japanese, so everything gets higher, so I don't know if that's how the Hebrews say it. Uh, or Greek word for it. But what it means is attentive hearkening, compliance, submission, or to make obedient. But that word actually comes from another word, the Greek word 5219, which means to hear under as a subordinate or to heed or conform to a command or authority. So what that means is you are always in obedience or submission to something. Whether you go throughout your day, you are either in obedience to the enemy or you're in obedience to God. There's no middle ground in obedience. There's no, I'm halfway in obedience to something and halfway in obedience to this. No, you are either on one side or the other, whether you like it or not. So... I made a note. I was like, well, might as well make sure you know what side you're on and where you've made your alliance and switch sides if necessary (laughs) because there is a losing side and you don't want to be on that one. Um, So God told me that there are no double agents in this war. It's it's not possible for you to play both sides. You have to be fully committed to one side. Might as well choose the one that you know is going to win. Please, it just goes well for you if you do. (laughs) It works so much better. Huh? So much better. So I have two scriptures. Um, can someone go to Romans 6, 16 through 18? Stacy, you've got that. And then can someone go to 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6? Who's got that one? 2 Corinthians what? 
10, 5 through 6. Sure. And just a disclaimer, I've actually like typed up all my notes with all the scriptures. So if anybody wants a copy of this at the end of the night, just to renew, have like for their daily life, let me know and I can email it to you. Romans 6, 16 through 18. Through 18? Okay. Anybody need a devil? You waited too long. You waited too long. <laughs> All right, Stacy, why don't you go ahead and read? Okay, Romans 6, 16 through 18. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Perfect. Thank you. My um, the King, the King James says that you are servants of sin, or you are servants of righteousness. But that righteousness is contingent upon your obedience. But what I also want to mention is, um, my translation says that to whom you yield yourself, servants to obey. Mm-hmm. That's a yield as an action. You mm-hmm. purposely decided to be a servant. Slaves didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. Servants did. Mm -hmm. So we have the option and the ability to yield ourselves either to sin, which leads to death, it it says that, to death, or obedience to righteousness. Mm -hmm. It's pretty black and white, pretty much sounds good. But I love that there's the, we can yield ourselves to one or the other. I find that empowering. Sometimes people can get kind of bogged down by like, oh, it sounds so bad, sin to death. But like, you forget that before that it says, you choose. You decide. I love that. I get to decide. Why not choose the one that sounds so much better? Like, okay, I can get behind that. Awesome, I can choose. I'm not, like, I'm getting on a tangent. But what I love about scripture and what I love about obedience is that it is a choice that we can participate in And we're not just overthrown with life. We're not just overthrown to circumstances or things that happen to us, but that we have abilities to overcome every single situation. And the Word encourages us for every single situation. So, like, no matter what we face, it will be okay. Ultimately, if we yield ourselves to obedience. There's an if there. All right. So who has 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6? I got it. Go. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Awesome. I love that verse. That's probably one of the... We say that, like, all the time. We say the first... That first verse all the time. Casting down every imagination and everything that exalts itself against Christ. But I also love the other part. So not only do we cast down, but we get the opportunity to revenge all disobedience. I love that. I love that you stir up this righteous anger towards evil and say, I'm going to crush you. Because I'm obedient. Because then I'm clothed in power, I'm clothed in might, and I can crush you. Let's go. 
I love it. So let's become ready to revenge all disobedience through that empowerment that obedience brings. Love it. I, God told me one day, he's like, I did not create you to live a wimpy life. So stop acting like it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. We can do that. So why should we choose to walk in obedience? This is kind of a silly thing. It sounds, obedience is one of those things growing up, you probably heard like, we should all walk in obedience. And like, you should be obedient. And you should be obedient to your parents. And like, we came up with this like, frou-frou version of it. But it's actually a super powerful thing. And it's not something to just like, be obedient and it will go well with you. But it's actually, be obedient. And it will go well with you. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just a different way of having a connotation for it. So we choose to walk in obedience to honor God and to live a power-filled, abundant life. Love it. Power-filled, abundant life. That means we're not survivors. We're thrivers. That means we don't just get through a week. That means we had a week. It was just a day. And I have another one. Amazing. Can't wait for next week. How many times do we say, oh, this was a rough week. And then the next week, this is a rough week. And then however many weeks there are in a year, you've said it's a rough week. Half that time? No. God says, if you walk in obedience, your life will be more abundant. But you have to walk in obedience. God doesn't want negative consequences for us. He never wants that. He wants to bless us, but he can't bless disobedience. He's just God. He would be double-minded if he said, oh, you're doing the exact opposite of what my word tells you to do. Let me bless you. He goes, dang it. If they could just turn to the left or right, then I could bless them. That's when he's watching us kind of like do the pinball. He's just like, no, go there, go there. If you just go there, I can love you. (laughs) I can take care of you. Like that's what he's wanting for us. And all we have to do is slow down and choose obedience. And then we open that door just a little bit. And he's like, sweet, let me burst it wide open. They've given me an inch. I'm going to take a mile. And I'm going to triple and quadruple that mile. And they're not even going to know what hits them. It's so exciting. All it takes is for us to... Oh my gosh, she's just so cute. I can't even... Every time that... Hello. I'm just like, yes, hello. McKinley is so cute. So God doesn't want negative consequences for us. He wants to give us life more abundantly. But we have to take responsibility for our lives. And then choose life daily. So... Can somebody open Deuteronomy 30, verses 14 through 20 for me and go ahead and just read that? I want it. You want it. Please, yeah. I was hope I was going to make you read it anyway, so it's no, fine. Yeah, I'm there. You're there? Oh, you take it. Oh, you go for it. Huh? <laughs> I kind of want him to read it because he's my husband. Can I choose him? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> what was the reference? Deuteronomy 30, verses 14 through 20. If I had unlimited time, I would read this whole chapter to you guys. So read this whole chapter. Okay. But this is the section that pertains most to this teaching. This is, I just really love Deuteronomy. Go for it. Okay. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil, 
In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turns away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou, go, whither thou passest over, over the Jordan to go and possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave to him, for he is thy life in the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Uh, I love it. Do you just see God just being like, here's a road map. Please take this route. Unfortunately, if you take this route, this will happen. But please take this one. And then we're like, well, I'll take this one. And he's just like, <laughs> recomputing. Isn't that what the GPS says? Yeah. Recomputing. <laughs> turn around, please. Make a U turn. Yeah. So I want to reread verse 19. Because I think it's the most important thing. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. I love that. Choose life. So, I also looked up the word life because I love word studies. Because, okay, we can say choose life, but what does that actually mean? What does choosing life actually entail? What does that actually happen for you? What does that make happen? And so, life... I just want to read you guys kind of just the um, Strong's words. And it, some of it doesn't make sense, but just take each sensing, each every word that I say and think about it. So, life. It's the Hebrew word 2416, kai, flesh, a fresh planting, water, a fresh year, a strong life, a living thing, full age, alive, living, a full appetite, full company, congregation, maintenance, a merry multitude, to become old, of old age, to be quick, to run, to spring, to have a troop. And it's derived from the word kaya, which means to live, to be revived, to keep, to leave, to make alive, to certainly, to certainly give promised life to nourish, to be preserved, to quicken, to recover, to repair, to restore, to surely be whole. All of that is from one word, life. I get so excited when I think about it. And choosing life means all of that comes in that. And that is saying God will restore every single area of your life. Because there's financial provision there. There is community provision there. There is age. There is appetite. There is, like, the planting. You were, you were storehouses. There is every single aspect of your life, physical, emotional, spiritual, will be taken care of if you choose life. I love that. I get so excited about that. Because just one simple decision opens up the door to all of that in that one area in my life. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. And I feel so empowered because I'm like, I can do that. 
that's something I can do. That's not like, Savannah, go conquer 500 people today, like, with sword and, like, no. That's just, like, today, choose life. All right. I can do that. So this is where we're going to have our exercise. So how do we choose life? So if we get excited about these things, it's easier for us to make decisions to make them happen. Is that right? So, like, if you're looking forward to something, you kind of prepare for it. Like, when we were going on vacation, we were looking forward to going to Hawaii. So what were the things we were preparing? We were going to the gym. We were eating better because we want to look good on vacation. We were making sure we had the right clothing, like bathing suit. You know, you had to make sure you were actually okay with going to Hawaii. You had the luggage. You were preparing for that thing you were looking forward to. And we kept going, like, anything bad would happen. We're like, but Hawaii is five months away. You know, like, it was so long, and it got closer, but we had hope because we knew where we were headed, and we knew it was going to be good. So that's kind of how we can make decisions for our life. We know where we're headed, and we know it's going to be good, and we know God's going to take care of us because his word says this. It says it right there. So why not just rest in that and make decisions to make that happen? So, I have an exercise for you. I want you guys... Babe, can you get your phone out and do a timer for me? Uh-huh. Can you set it to 30 seconds? Uh-huh. I know, this is a quick thing. It's easy peasy. In 30 seconds, I want you guys to write down who you think you are without junk. A.K.A. Who do you think, who do you want to be? In 30 seconds. What are the characteristics of the person that you want to be? Yeah. Are you bold? Are you peaceful? Are you just... And I want you to write without thinking. So in 30 seconds, quick as you can, who do you think you are? Who do you want to be? All right. Ready? Is everybody okay? No. Your pen doesn't work? My pen doesn't work. Oh, no. There's fresh new ones in there. Fresh new ones. Oh, that one's broken. All right. Ready, 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 ready. Three, two, one, go. 30 seconds. Don't think about it. Just go. Oh, no. You can also do this by yourself. I feel like Jeopardy. That's why you don't overthink it. Just write. Okay. Don't try to think of the Christian answer. Just write. What was the question again? Who do you want to be? Who do you think you are? I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> Time's up. <laughs> Not ready? Time's up. Yeah. Buddy. Matt. You just wrote Matt. Should we give him 30 more seconds? All right, let's do it for 30 more seconds. Yeah. The idea is that you're doing this quickly. Yeah. And that you're not overthinking it. Okay, go for it. 30 more seconds for people who feel like it. Oh, it's already been going, apparently. 10 seconds left. Oh, my gosh. You started already. Okay. I need to move faster through this so I can get to where I really want to be. Thank you. All right, time's up. All right. Does anybody want to share with the class what they wrote? The class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joey apparently wants to share. Go for it. Absolutely. So um, 30 seconds of me is joyful, 
cheerful, optimistic, loving, caring, compassionate, listener, father, provider, provisionist, hunger for God's word, passionate, surrendering. You humble, got that 30 thankful. seconds? He was well, that. Well, there two was a round. Two rounds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody else want to share? Ryan. Um, convinced, passionate, strong, bold, wise, humble, spiritually, spiritually sexy girl. <laughs> shirt that we all have. No. I'll pass. I want one. Ryan, we'll wear that shirt together. Okay. Well, we're tea. Tea party. Anyway, anybody else want to go? Monica. Uh, brave, peaceful, content, free, fresh, natural, beautiful, not overthinking, joyful, generous, encouraging, bold. Ugh. Anybody else? Stacy. Um, joyful, bold, worshiper without fear, brave. I am a child of God. Ah, anybody else? Even though my pen's didn't work, I got boldness and hungry. Hungry. <laughs> I get it. He's got a bold hungry. I get it. Anybody else? Sure. Kind, loving, peaceful, grateful, giving, conformed, hopeful, daughter, embracing. Nice. Anybody else? I'll say mine. Pure, man of my word, passionate, strong, leader, faithful, loyal, creative, powerful, Matt. Can't be Matt. Matt is Matt. We can put you on a map. Anybody else? My uncle. Do you have one? I was baby watching. Okay. She's got a name. Matt is my uncle. My first word is. Is potentially um, awesome. Yeah, girl. That's fine. Wife, supporter, and driven. Awesome. <laughs> Aren't those? A, don't you guys already just feel encouraged for other people and for yourself? Because if you think about it, God views us that way. We might have fear that has joined us. We might have anger that has joined us. But it has joined us. It wasn't originally us. When he created us from the foundation of the world, he said, that is very good. And I created you bold. I can create you kind. I created you with everything. And things over time have just joined you to create that hindrance. But it's not. That hindrance isn't you. So that list is actually who you are. So that's what we're working towards. <laughs> He's Matt now. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So these these lists, if you didn't get to write it or if you want to try again, this list is your goal. That's good. Let's implement it. The idea is that what do you do with goals? You make decisions in the short term that bring to pass the long term goal. Mm. Be of one mind concerning your future. Yeah. That's I know. <laughs> I can't unsee that. I actually have a picture of Matt doing the same exact thing, so. I'm sorry. I'm getting all over the place. But I want you to get this. Joy. I love you, too. You bring so much joy into my life. One of the best things, one of the things that made me fall in love with you is you were never afraid to be too goofy, and for someone walking out of fear of man, that was exactly what I needed. His, like, goal every day is to embarrass me in public. 
so that I will get better, thicker skin. <laughs> and he's successful every day. Um, <laughs> so that list that you guys have, this is your long-term goal. This is what you're working towards. This is your battle plan. But instead of focusing on all the things you're not, remember who you are. Remember who God has made you to be. And then making decisions that are better for you will become easier because you know you're just operating as you were originally are supposed to operate in. So we need to bring obedience into every day. So we have the goal, let's implement it. What does implementation look like? Making this goal come to pass of who you want to be. So I, when I wrote my goals down, I wrote boldness. I was so scared to talk to anybody, and I wrote boldness down. Yeah. Okay? So I was like, all right, that's something. That's something I've always admired, something I've never really seemed to have accomplished. But that's something I, when I think of myself without anything, I want to be bold. What does that look like? So God said, all right, Savannah, you want to be bold? We can make that happen. How do you make that happen? (laughs) How to be obedient. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Resist corruption. So walking in obedience on an everyday basis is helping you bring that goal to pass. That's what it is. Is by my obedience, I'm operating as if I am already free. Because I am. I'm making decisions as if I'm already free. So if I say I wanted boldness, today I'm going to make a decision as if I was bold. If I'm walking out of fear, I'm going to make a decision as if I have no fear. If I'm walking out of accusation, I'm going to operate in love. This is an everyday conscious decision to fight spiritually through action. As if I'm already free. It's amazing because then my actions align with God's heart. And then he can bring life like he wants to. So not only am I feeling empowered because I aligned myself and operated as I was truly created to be. So there's, do you guys always feel really good when you do something and you're like, that felt good. I encouraged someone. I was bold today. I gave some, I loved someone and I didn't want anything in return. The reason we feel so good is because our spirit goes, yes, that's who I'm supposed to be. Because when we're in torment, that's us revolting against a foreign enemy that wasn't us. The reason we're in torment when we're in fear, because that wasn't us. We weren't created to be in fear. So that's why there is that dis, the disease, dis-ease is disease. Mm -hmm. It's so important to recognize who you are so that you know who you're not. So I'm not fear. So I'm not battling myself. I'm battling a spirit of fear who's not me. So why would I feel guilty about being in fear? Because it's not me anyway. So I'm going to choose obedience and move on. There's no guilt here. There's only empowered obedience. So cool. So I have some scriptures. I'm going to try to walk on through this. I might just read them to you.
I wrote this down and I was, when I, when I first came back from being health, I wrote down a statement to myself. And it's super good. I'm going to make decisions as if I'm already free, because I can. I am free. God has paid it all. I just have to walk it out. That's all we have to do. Thankfully, I don't have to die on a cross for anybody. Thankfully, I don't have to go and create the world in seven days. All I have to do is choose obedience today. I think I, if, if I had to pick a straw, that's the one I'm going to pick because I can do that. That is the amount of responsibility I will take. <laughs> like anything other, you know, it's whatever. Um, but this is a daily decision. This is not a one and done like, I'm going to be free today and now I'm free. I have to practice it because it says choose this day doesn't choose this day and it will be every day. Yeah. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose life today. So that's, that means every day we have a decision. So every day we need to practice this. Every day we have to choose obedience. There's a lot of scripture references about walking out daily. Working out our salvation daily. Denying, your cross and t- or denying yourself and take up your cross daily. There's this day, like God knows that it's going to take every day. He's made provision for that. But you know what? Because his word has made provision for that, that shows me that he is not afraid that it's a journey. He's excited. He's like, let's wake up and do life together today. Let's work this out today, together, every day. I love that because that means I'm not alone. That means I'm not having to figure out what I need to do. Thankfully, he's the leader and I'm the follower. I will follow. (laughs) You tell me where to jump and I will go, how high? And he says, okay, jump over that wall. Psalm 18, by you I have leaped over a wall. I have pursued the troop. Like, I love that scripture because I'm 5'1". Like, if I can leap over a wall, you can too. You know, like (laughs) stupid stuff like that. Do you guys understand? Like, yes, it's an everyday thing, but that's not a life sentence. That is an invitation to enjoy everyday life. Release yourself from the expectation of like, I have to figure it out now. I have to deal with it now. Like, all you have to do is be obedient every day. Because when you're obedient, you're primed for victory. Because you can hear the voice of the Lord. You can hear his direction. And he says, jump. You say, okay. He says, don't do that. You say, okay. He says, abstain. Okay. He says, go love that person. Okay, I can do that. That's fun. You know, and he's like, go drive to that place you're afraid of. Okay. (laughs) Then that means I have to get in the car, whether I'm shaking or not. I have to drive, whether I'm shaking or not. I have to go do the thing he told me to do, whether I feel like it or not. And then I get to the end and I say, okay, what's next? He says, Good job, my well. Good job. Look at you. You didn't think you could do it, but look at you. I saw a quote today. I am like ad-libbing like crazy. Oh, well, God's got it. Um, there was a quote today that says, You have made it through 100% of your bad days. That's a pretty good statistic. Uh-huh. So, all right. I'm going to make it through. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> So, one of the best things I learned when I went down to be in health is that there's no days off for being an overcomer. 
And you could take that as condemnation of like, I have to overcome every day, where I'm like, God showed me that it's a joy to overcome. Because the, the, the negative of that, or the opposite of that, is that I have absolutely no power to overcome. I have absolutely no way to cope or deal with a situation. And I am just a victim. That's the opposite of that. So thank gosh that every day I have the option of choosing to be an overcomer. I love it. I can partner with God. And then he says, all right, let's do it. Have victory. Let's celebrate it. You know what that victory was? You went to Starbucks and ordered the drink you wanted, not the cheapest thing on the menu. You loved yourself today. Good job. Because the word says love yourself as, you love your neighbor as yourself. I always thought I had to love my neighbor before myself. So me going to Starbucks and ordering what I really wanted and getting the fancy milk that cost a dollar more and not feeling guilty means that I am in obedience to the word of God. That I didn't go under guilt, that I didn't go under shame, that I didn't go under that martyr complex, but that I loved myself enough to treat myself to something that was extra. And God is like doing a happy dance. Yeah. He's doing like the Carlton, or you know, like the. He's like. <laughs> he's so excited when we do that because before I would have beat myself up about it. And that gift would have been robbed because I wouldn't have celebrated it. And he would have been like, oh, come on, but that was a good thing. Why did you let the enemy make you you feel bad about loving yourself? Don't do that. Don't do it. That's his heart. I want you to do well. I want you to survive. I want you to to have hope and peace and live. That's his heart. And he gives us guides for that. And it's all it is is if you believe, if you choose life, do not fear. It's like he, he says it so lovingly. And that's what the word is. There's so many good things in the word that we can pull from. So today, I want you guys to start asking yourself when you wake up in the morning, what can I do today to walk out? How can I choose obedience today? I know what's going on in my day. How can I do it at work? Small steps are still steps forward. Our hearts should always be crying out, God, I want to represent you. I don't know how to do that today. Show me. To pr- the, the phrase practice makes perfect is practice is an action that is repeated. So practice making actions on a repeated basis that will become perfect. So that the more I choose to love myself and walk out of fear, the better I will get at it. When you learn a language, you have no idea what anyone's saying when you first are introduced to that language. But you study it. You practice. You practice saying it. You do like the research. You go do a mission trip and practice. Like, it's, you make the steps to learn, to grow. But for us, we ultimately always expect perfection of ourselves without ever having practiced. Amen. 
the enemy wants that. He's like, why haven't you already figured this out? You just learned about it five seconds ago. I'm sure he's already saying this to you guys. How come you haven't already walked in obedience today? You know, how come you didn't already know this? Well, I didn't know. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's going to ultimately reward your diligence? It might not be your timeline. It might not be automatic release. But we have to get to the point where we believe, no matter what happens today, I'm going to choose obedience, and I know God will diligently reward me. Because I am choosing obedience. And his word says that he will take care of me. And God is not a liar. The enemy is the liar. He is the accuser of the brethren. So who am I going to believe today? We are made to overcome with God. So start today. Choose your perspective. Are you struggling with sin? Or have you overcome sin? You have overcome it. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Stop believing that you haven't overcome. That you aren't capable of making good quality decisions for your life. That you aren't capable of practicing a new way of thinking, speaking, and acting because you can't. All it takes is simple going to God and being like, I don't know what to do. Help me. And he's like, I'm glad you asked. I've got the guide right here. I've got the map. Here's this person that can encourage you. Here's the scripture that you can meditate on. Let's go. I've been waiting all day for this. I love it. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. is a really good thing that a, a good thing because I mean scripture because it's always good but this is one of those verses that I always go to like it's a staple Savannah verse um, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path be not wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil evil for it shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones I love that First of all, it says you don't know what you're talking about all the time. So don't try to do it on your own. Always rely on God. He will help you depart from evil. And when you do that, it will be health to your navel. And that actually means stomach, so like your digestive system. It's saying your insides will be well. And then marrow to your bones means your bones will be strong. Because marrow is what produces that strength. So not only is your inside good, but your out your your bones are strong too. So, all right, I'm gonna learn to not rely on myself because be doing that means my body is doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will do just fine. It will re- be restored. That is so cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, practical advice. This is what I was trying to get to, and it's just, you said to fly through it, and oh well. I'm here. I made it. I landed. <laughs> One of my favorite, um, how do we overcome? So, like I said, um, I went to be in health about seven or eight years ago. So I've been learning to walk out of stuff, and pretty much everything you could have had, I had. Spirit-wise, you know, all the things that we've been introducing to you guys, like accusation, envy and jealousy, comparison, unloving, fear, self-pity. I, I had it all. So, I was kind of like, at the end of it, I was like, well, dang. <laughs> and God said, no, all of these things you didn't know that you had problems with, that you were being overtaken. All of those things that you've checked off, and it was like pages and pages of things. And I was like, great, awesome. He's like, no, view every check as this is an opportunity to be free from that. Mm. It ends today. Oof. No more. He's like, change your perspective, girl. We are getting on the big girl panties. We are taking charge of our life. Thank you, Jill. Oh, the hair flip was perfect. <laughs> Henry Wright says, you have to overcome to overcome. I can't sit on my butt and expect victory to happen. I think it's funny. He, he made himself giggle when he said that. He's like, to overcome. And I was like, okay. So one thing I've learned is when I try to push myself to defeat spirits, like, all the time, and, like, I need to just excavate. I gotta dig up everything, every possible thing. It doesn't go well. I end up lying in a heap full of condemnation and accusation because I totally left God out of the equation. I tried to do it on my own, and I wore myself out. And now I have performance and drivenness and fear that has also joined me <laughs> than trying to deal with the original thing. So, like... Do not worry if you have pages of pages of things that God has shown you through the last months of us exposing things. The idea is to turn the light on so that we know that they're there. And then God is the person who knows when and where we deal with things. He will be the one that shows us when it's time to deal with fear, when it's time to deal with accusation, when it's time to deal with that past hurt, that broken heart. He will be the one leading you. Trust him to lead you. You do not have to help God out in this process. All you have to do is walk in obedience when the fork in the road presents itself. If you're always tired, you're trying to make it happen. If you are flowing and enjoying life, and then... Overcoming, when it happens, when it presents itself, you're being led by the Spirit. There's a difference. Trying to excavate equals you're afraid of that stuff. You don't need to be. Yeah. Because it's defeated. Amen. And when it's time, when its number has come up and God said, Ooh, guess what we're working on today, in this moment. It has to flee. Because it has already been judged. So our obedience kicks it away. Our obedience says, not today, Satan. I choose God. I choose life. Oh, I choose life. I'm going to be restored in this area, and you're going to go, and I'm going to be free from you. So shut up. Go tell my father what you're accusing me of. They get real quiet. Because can you imagine 
a spirit being like, well, Savannah uh, uh, <laughs> was struggling in some fear. And he's like, well, you're the spirit of fear. So, yeah, she was struggling with it because yeah. you were talking to her. But now she's not talking to you, and she told you to come to me and talk to you. So, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, Satan. She's been made bold. She trusts me. That's why you're talking to me right now. Think about it. Talk back to those spirits. Amen. They have... They have to listen. They might kick a fit. They might try to use emotions. They might try to use bodily reactions to make you think that you're not doing well. But your spirit decides who you are and how well you're doing. Put God on speakerphone. I, that for me, that says, what should I do today? Because I'd struggled with performance and drivenness. And I had the idea in my head that there is a perfect order of operations for the day. Because when I was growing up, someone said, Savannah has no common sense. She just doesn't know how to survive daily life. So I overcompensated by having lists upon lists and being so consumed with there is a perfect way to show that I'm efficient. I have to prove to people that I'm not a dumb blonde. And so, that, words have life, guys. Be wary of what you're telling over people, Amen. even in jokes. Yep. Because it can, can be, become something that they're chained to. I've had to let go of so many affiliations that people have spoken over me. And they still try to, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I did not invite your opinion into my life. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but I'm okay. Amen. That's not me. What do I do today? And he says, well, why don't you start by making yourself a cup of tea? Then you can have some devotions. And then we'll, I'll talk to you about what to do next after that. And then I'm done with devotions and I go, okay, I've got four different things I could do. What should I do? And he's like, well, why don't we paint for a little bit? So I'm like, okay, I'll go paint. And then he's like, okay, you're done. Why don't you go do this now? My mom was a really good example for me of learning how to just listen and be led. She really is. I'm sorry, I was looking at you. I just got lost in your eyes for a second. <laughs> um, ask God for help. He wants to lead you and to navigate. He also is all-knowing and all-powerful. So why wouldn't he have the best way of showing you what to do with life? Um, I have a good example of a visual of, you know, when we're, when we want to deal with so much at once. Um, one of my spiritual mentors once asked me, cause I was like, I have so many things I need to work on all at once and they all seem like a big deal and I have no idea where to start. And she just said, Savannah, when do you answer the phone? When it rings? When do you open the front door? When someone knocks? Your spiritual walk is just like that. Amen. You're going throughout your life, and then you pause when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. And one thing I love about the door is that we choose to invite guests in. Mm-hmm. So we can open the door, and we can see who it is. If it's a Jehovah's Witness, we probably should shut the door on them. <laughs> after, after telling them about Jesus. Um, <laughs> that probably wasn't the best example, but that's okay. <laughs> But do you guys get what I'm saying? 
is you open the door, you see who it is, and then you make a decision, am I going to let them in, or am I going to close the door and move on with what I was doing? Same thing with a phone call, but that's, what are you hearing? Yeah. Are you hearing radio God or radio devil? Do you just need to switch the dial? There you go. This was one I got really excited about. God showed me it was time to make good it was time to make time to have good memories and to enjoy life. Because if we're so focused on the battle, we lose out on enjoying the unhindered relationship with the Father that it's all about. The enemy's like, okay, if they know about me now, I'm gonna just make their whole day about me and about how they need to fight me and how they're failing and how they're doing this. And then we never celebrate that we have Father God. <clears throat> And that we can't overcome. And those, those battles should just take a moment. Most of the time. I love it. Good memories with Father. Ah. Refuse any dependence on emotions rather than God's absolute truth. Can you say that again? <laughs> this was hard for me to learn. Refuse any dependence on emotions rather than God's absolute truth. Mm. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is the result and fruit from your decision to trust God. So when people say, I just need to pray for peace, I just need to feel more peace, I'm just like, you just need to choose to trust God and then peace will come. Mm -hmm. Someone told me that when I was in beauty health and I was fighting against spiritual attacks Mm. in the moment. They just kept saying, choose your peace. Choose your peace. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> that just means in this moment, regardless of all of the things I'm feeling, all of the tears I'm crying, all of the feet, like my, I was having full-on panic attacks, my heart was beating out of my chest, I'm going to make the decision that God will take care of me. His word does not return void. He's going to take care of me. He wants the best for me. His word is here. His Holy Spirit is here. I have power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to operate in it. I choose peace today. I choose to trust God. David was a great example of that. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. That's not, he might deliver me. He forgot one. All my fears. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Not when the situation is over, I will trust in you. Not when, because I'm feeling like it, I'll trust in you. When I'm afraid, in the midst of it, I will trust in you. I'm going to make a conscious decision that I'm okay, because I am okay. Mm -hmm. This is just an attack. It will pass. Mm -hmm. Why not keep my obedience in the moment? Learn to not dwell on your past sin or mistakes or the amount you need to change. Because if you're dwelling on that, you're just going to get depressed. Because the enemy's like, ooh, I like to remind them of all their failure. <laughs> when, when those spirits come to say, well, you should have, you could have, you need to, you say, well, excuse me, I'm walking by the spirit, and I'm being led by the spirit, so get lost, because 
I'm good. Trust your navigator. You're in the process of being changed. Being is a circular motion. Amen. Being is a process. Isn't that great that in this moment I'm being changed. I'm walking out of fear of man. Tomorrow I'm being changed in some other thing. How cool. Every day I'm being changed closer and closer to my vision, to my goal. Amazing. Avoid try to... S <laughs> this was one I really needed to work on. You should learn to avoid to try to sound or act more spiritual. Wait, you need to rebuke the lie that if you look or are being more spiritual, then you'll be better. Amen. I'm doing all the right things. I'm singing all the right songs. I'm journaling 12 hours a day. I'm making time for four hours of devotional peace moment. Going into my prayer closet. The people, that's fear faith. That's saying, I have to help God out. I have to do this. Yeah. I have to make it happen. I have to act a certain way. When God says, be still and know that I am God. Trust him that when he needs to tell you to do something, he will tell you. When he says, let's go, he will tell you. Trust that you will hear from the Holy Spirit to know, to hear that still small voice. God operates best when we choose simplicity and childlike faith. It may feel like you're doing a lot less for God when you switch to true faith instead of fear faith. But it's so much more effective, and you're not going to wear yourself out. Amen. And then you're actually excited to be able to celebrate those victories. Because you're not worn out. <laughs> and you're not feeling like you've faked your relationship. Or faked your victory. The last one I found was to find a spiritual mentor. Um... For me, I couldn't use my mom as a spiritual mentor when I realized I had things to walk out of because I had things to walk out of regarding her. Mm -hmm. And so that wouldn't have been helpful because <laughs> that would have caused her to go into accusation towards herself. So sometimes I encourage people to find someone who's not really in a situation. Um, my guidelines, if I could offer any, of trying to find someone to kind of fill that role for you is always choose someone who's spiritually mature and believes the same things as you. Like, if you would try to go to someone who didn't believe in sanctification and was like, hey, I'm trying to walk out of this, they'd be like, no, you just need to sit. Like, wouldn't that be double-minded in your own mind? You just wouldn't know. So choose someone who's spiritually mature who has the gift of discernment. Because if they have the gift of discernment, they don't need to know you. They don't need to know your situation to speak into your life. Because God can use them. Amen. I've had um, one of my spiritual mentors that has really helped me. The same one who gave me that example. is She would just ask me questions when I would call. She knew I would have to talk to yeah. something. And she wouldn't say, well, tell me about the situation. She would just ask questions. Well, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And that would stem... And the Holy Spirit would just lead her to which questions she should ask me. And then we unpacked this whole thing. And then I had, like, homework at the end. And she was like, okay, go do those things. See you next time. You know. And she kicked my butt and said, don't be in pity about it. I was like, yay. Amen. Yeah. So you find those people who aren't afraid to speak into your life. 
but looking for that discernment. But also, also, please look at the fruit of their life. Just because someone acts spiritually mature doesn't mean that they actually are walking out. And look, like I've had people try to give me advice, and then I look at the fruit of their life, and I'm like, you look miserable. I'm not in a, not in a judgmental way, but like, if that's what you're implementing on your own life, I don't want any part of it. I think I'm good. So sometimes you might not even have a spiritual mentor because God will be your spiritual mentor. But you have to be very purposeful who you allow to speak into your walk. Are they hurting me or are they helping me? Are they causing me to question myself or are they empowering me to search it out? Look at the fruit of their life. I cannot stress that enough. Are they happy? Are they thriving? Do their eyes speak peace? Because you can always tell when someone's in fear. They're like (laughs) twitching and (laughs) really intense. All right. Remember your long-term goal. I have a vision and I'm going to work it out daily. And God will help me to accomplish it. End of story. That's what I'm doing. Celebrate every victory and step, no matter how big and small. For example, I chose obedience once today. Tomorrow it will be twice. Amen. Look at me go. Happy dance. <laughs> it's so, like, every small victory is still a victory. Yeah. Today, I woke up and I was like, I have, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to wear. I'm just going to be gone all day. I need to pick one outfit that will go for everything I need to be. And I was like, well, maybe this, maybe this. And I was like, wait a minute. Every time I've asked God to help me pick out an outfit for the day, he's given me an answer, and it has always been the right thing for the day. So let me take a moment and say, okay, God, I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be inside, I'm going to be at work, I'm going to have to lift art, and then I'm going to IDH where it's freezing. What do I do? And he's like, here you go. And here we go. But I have a decision. When I take on those outfits, indecision comes and says, well, are you sure? that's the right thing for you to wear today? And I can choose to be like, well, no. Or I can say, I'm not going down this road because I know if I entertain you, I'm going to have like 12 outfits out and I'm going to be super late to where I need to be. So I'm just going to put one outfit on, we're done, and I'm moving on. I'm one now. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a silly thing, but it, that thing causes me to go into disobedience if I let it. <laughs> All right, examples for overcoming opportunities. More practical advice. So, you come up with specific battle plans for specific spirits, right, when you're walking in obedience. So, if we want to walk out in boldness, there's going to be a different way you do that than it is for something when you're walking out of accusation. Because you don't want to boldly accuse people. (laughs) So, and it's good to be aware of that. But remember, God is the general and he has the battle plans. So he can come up with a better idea than I can. But remember, to overcome, you have to have the thought followed by the action of obedience. So I came up with a few simple but powerful actions that align you in obedience to God's word. And I thought about past teachings we've done. Um... To bring up spirits that we've talked about. So like here's some things I've done in the past. To help me walk out. I have little things each and every day. 
So for the unloving spirit, that's when we have struggle with loving ourselves and that unclean and loving spirit. One thing that I have learned works for me that helps me during the day is I choose to look in the mirror and compliment myself. I pick one thing and I say, I like my eyes today. Before when I started this, I couldn't even look myself in the eyes in a mirror. Yeah. I couldn't. And I would say, you are beautiful? Amen. Question mark. Mm-hmm. And now I look in the eyes and I say, myself in the eyes, and I can say, I am beautiful. So that's a super easy thing. That's not a crazy, like, intense battle. That's you just, let me look in the mirror, pick one thing I like today, compliment myself, move on. You've positioned yourself in obedience already through that small action. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. For self-pity, every morning, and Matt can attest to this, I have learned it goes better for me if I start the morning by creating my attitude of gratitude list. Before I have intense um, spiritual inventory lists or days, I start with a gratitude list to remind me that life isn't all bad. It's okay. (laughs) And this list is tea, my husband, my home, soft stuff, Angus. I have book club tonight. You know, it's like these itty-bitty little things. But it helps me get positioned to being like, I have so much to be grateful for today. Or I write down past victories of yesterday. I chose to go to bed at a decent time and not fear the night. That's a good victory. I no longer journal like Dear Diary. Like because I had so many self-pity journals I had to throw away. Because the enemy came through and said, Oh man, I'm struggling with such and such. I can't believe I'm doing this. If I could just do this. Mm -hmm. I do not write journals anymore. I have notebooks. But what they are filled with is my attitude of gratitude list. Scriptures, declarations, and then when I write out my thoughts. And what God says. I no longer allow the enemy a voice through the pen of introspection. Mm -hmm. So I write my gratitude list. And it just helps me. It just helps me. If I am at work and in the middle of the day and I have a hard, like, something happens and I get really, like, oh, I can't believe I have to deal with this situation. God's like, all right, find a sticky note. Let's write a list. What are you grateful for? What has gone well today? I pause and remember what God has done. And what things make me happy. Isn't that cool? That's a small little thing. Easy peasy. Obedience opens the door for that. And when I do that, I'm like primed. I'm like, God, what what other good things can I add to my list for tomorrow? Let's look for them. It's awesome. Accusation. Build up the person you have trouble with. That you have an issue with. Go out of your way. I really appreciate the way that you tackled this situation. I really appreciate this about you. Build them up. That's an easy thing. Bitterness. This one's hard for me because I was an embellisher and a storyteller. Mm -hmm. Choose to not rehash the wrong someone has done to you with another person. Let it go. I know, right? Fear. Do one thing a day or a week that you're afraid of. Amen. Envy and jealousy. Choose to be thankful for exactly what you have 
and where you are in this point of your journey. I'm so grateful that in this moment, I have the ability to share this with you guys. Eight years ago, I wouldn't have shared this with you. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I've come a long way. I still have a lot to go. But I'm really content at this stage of where I'm at. That doesn't mean that I'm done, thankfully. Yeah. That just means I've made progress. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm not going to compare my journey to other people's. I'm going to be content with my individual walk with God. Because it means it's individual to me. And we have our inside jokes. Inside stories. Rejection. Matt came up with this one, which I thought was really good. But I've also done this. I just forgot that I've done this. But it's good. That's why you have him. For rejection, find scriptures in the word that declare your worth and value and that you are loved and write them down. Memorize them. Post them everywhere. Yeah. Write them on your arm. Put them on your car. Put them on your mirror. Whatever you need to see truth and to be reminded, do it. Because what we see gets into our mind, which then permeates through our actions. Indecision. I chose to order first and not ask what someone else was getting. That is huge for me. <laughs> Because if someone orders first, I will get exactly what they will get. Or if I don't know what to order, I, I always ask him. But the other day we were at Shindig's and we weren't sure what to get. And I went, I asked him and I said, well, what do you want to get? And then I stopped and I said, actually, hold that thought. Let me come up with a few options first. And then you say something and we'll see what overlaps. Mm -hmm. But I caught myself. Because originally it would be like, Oh, you can just decide and I'll go through it with it. Mm. Mm. So, one last thing. Those are really easy ways to bring obedience into your everyday life. They're really empowering, too. It's like, oh, I did that little thing, but it has maximum impact on your life and your health and your peace. But one thing, sometimes you have to spend a bit more time dealing with a problem and understanding what's going on in your head. And one thing I have always learned that helps me is I process things by either verbally telling someone or I need to write it out. And a lot of the time, I don't want to rely on Matt to fight my battles for me. Mm -hmm. So I opt to writing it down. And what I do, I meant to bring an example of one of my papers, but I actually, this is really silly. After I deal with the spirit and the thought, I scribble it all out. And then I crumple it up and throw it away. And I'm like, I'm done. Um, so I can actually find one to share with you guys. <laughs> Literally. And then I go take a shower and I'm like, I'm clean. Um, so that's just what I do. But I wanted to share kind of the process of how I deal with those spiritual inventory sessions. And what I mean by that is when you are so up in your head that you cannot think clearly, that you cannot hear the word of God, you cannot hear his voice, you can't make a clear decision, and you're just struggling. And you're like, I know something's there, but I have no idea what. I need to think clearly. So something God has taught me that works for me is, first I start with my attitude of gratitude list. I write it down to remember, life is good. I am good. God loves me. just helps. It also eases the, this is so intense kind of moment. Because it doesn't need to be scary. I just need to think clearly so I can deal with it. And I can deal with it. I just need to think clearly. So then, 
I say, I write down, what am I thinking? I write down individual thoughts. And I say, I do not feel safe right now in a group of people. And what happened, um, I really wish I had found a piece of paper because it's easier. Because once they're gone, they're gone and it's awesome. I'm like, okay. All right, Dad. What do you want me to share? So I do not feel safe. And then what happens after that is almost immediately after I write the thought and I see it, I read it out loud because then I can hear it. Mm. And I can hear the tone. Mm. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's fear. But as I'm almost writing it out, the Holy Spirit is saying, fear not for I am with you. A scripture is coming up. Amen. And God says, but I love you. You're safe. I am your refuge. So as I'm writing out the thought, I'm identifying, okay, here's, this is fear. What does God say about it? Who told me this lie? So I identify, okay, this is a lie that I'm thinking. I really label it, lie, not true. <laughs> and then underneath of it, I say truth. Here's what God says, and then God normally gives me a scripture, which I Google because I can never remember references. And then I look up and I read the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, this is what God says about it. So I do that with all the thoughts that I have going on in my head. And I kind of sit there, and I'm like, okay, God, what's the first, you know, I just, you have to start writing that first thought, and then they'll start flowing out. <laughs> but always what I've seen is when I write out and I make that the thing, God shows up. And he shows me the opposite of the lie. And if you're in the word and reading scriptures, he will bring up a phrase. He'll bring up, remember that song? Amen. Remember that truth? To combat the lie. So then you see, all right, here are my two options. I can continue dwelling on this lie. Or I can choose to dwell on this truth instead. Oof. And almost always the truth sounds a lot better. Ooh. So then what I take with that, I do the eight R's after that. I repent, I renounce, I rebuke. All right, hold on. Crap. Responsibility. Responsibility. Repent, renounce, remove. Repent, renounce, remove. This. Yeah. Rejoice. Rejoice, restore. Yep. So I do the eight R's after that. And I say, God, please forgive me for believing this lie. Obviously, it's a lie. It's fear. And I don't want it anymore. So then I go through that process of repenting for it. I change my mind. I choose to believe truth. Truth is more important. And then I scribble that sucker out. And then I go through that whole thing. And it's like, that's the way I've really learned when I need to really process things and I can't think for myself. That's what helps me get clarity. And then I ball it up and throw it away when I'm done. That's like a super practical way to deal with stuff that's hindering the obedience in the moment. Yeah. People think that this process has to happen every day, all day. It doesn't. Mm, yeah. A lot of the obedience is just in the moment. I'm choosing this. I rebuke this. But sometimes we do have to sit down and have those intense battles. But we always win. And God will be there and show up and show us what to do in the moment. And then we can be free. I'm going to end. You know what? One scripture. And then we're done. Yay. And then we're done. This is one of my favorite scriptures, guys. Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Only be you strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be you dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's it. All right. Dad, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much that you have allowed us to practice being strong and of good courage and to practice choosing you and choosing obedience of our own free will. It's more fun that way. Thank you for your heart for us to do well and to prosper. Thank you for your truth, which gives us the tools how. And I just thank you for each and every person here. And that you would just show everybody where they can work on being obedient in their life. And that they can enjoy it. And that they can have fun with you and celebrate victories with you. That it doesn't have to be a scary process. But that it can be fun with you. And that it can be filled with joy and peace. How amazing. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your freedom. We love you. Amen. Amen.